track was that, Leo? That was. Oh yes, we're gonna sample that. So this is the right track, right? Okay. Sorry, folks. Mary Wilson. Time to move on. Well, we're back. That was Mary Wilson. Um, I love it. Uh, melodic. How did you, <clears throat> what did it take to find the right sounds to fit, fit her vocals? I, mean, I just, you know, the, the classic, you know, they call it Future House, which is kind of kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing because it is pretty a classic house. It's, you know, kind of organ robin-esque type bass lines, you know, big piano chords, um, big open hi-hats. Um, so that was just the inspiration. I really wanted something that was Future House or... Now the new thing is Tropical House, which I've kind of gotten into, which kind of sounds a little bit like xylophones and marimbas and a little cha-cha for summer. We'll see if it lasts the winter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's come up. Matt Consola, your friend Matt Consola, is into that yes. genre right now. Yes. Um, Kat, what do you think of all this EDM stuff? I don't. I'm, uh, I like it. I don't. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Honestly, um, I'm just, I just really like, um, for, I mean, for example, there's a band called Foxy Shazam, and they're like Detroit's answer to the darkness, and, um, and uh, there's um, Eric Nally, who's the lead singer, just, just was on Macklemore's newest track, and, uh, and, you know, glam rock is my favorite, and it's just not getting the respect that it deserves because people, everybody seems to really love EDM. And, uh, and, and but, what, but what I mean to say is like, is like Eric Nally is on Macklemore's newest track. The track is awesome. And uh, you go to Eric Nally's Facebook page and he's got like 2,000 followers and he just performed on the VMAs. And I was just like, I don't know, it's a world that I don't really understand. Um, I always feel like I've never liked what's popular. Like, the music that I grew up listening to was never what my friends ever wanted to listen to. And I took a lot of crap in high school for listening to Marilyn Manson. And a part of that came from growing up in you know, rural North Carolina. Oh yeah, I can imagine. But uh, no, so that sucked. But yeah, I mean, and even like when I was on The Voice, my style was not the most popular style. And um, so I feel like I'm just always like I, I like I like the unpopular rock and roll and everybody 
everybody's moving on without me. Well, to be fair, I think rock is more popular than the genre of um, tech, you know, than dance music. That's a, it's a small sure? niche. It's a pretty Are small niche. Are you sure? Yeah. I feel like out of, out of a lot of the DJs that we've we've had on the show, a lot of them actually don't like EDM. I feel like a lot of them like more of like the dance and more of the house and stuff like that. And a lot of them veer away from EDM. But see, it's all the same to me. I don't, I'm just, I'm ignorant when it comes to that kind of music. Like any, any genre that doesn't involve, that doesn't involve a full band with, um, Uh with a, with a crazy singer, Yeah. you know, and hot pants. You know, hot pants. Crunchy guitars. Crunchy guitar, you know. I mean, well, I mean, like, my, my, my two favorites are Queen and David Bowie. And then, and then you get into, like, newer stuff. I really love Amanda Palmer. And like I just said, Foxy Shazam in the darkness. I mean, I feel like rock is just uh, more, resonates more with a large audience than the genre I, I work in. Uh, I don't know. Leo, what's your opinion? Um, I don't know. It's just, I think that, uh, you know, dance has always been a kind of a, something that's been considered second class you know so it basically when it started rising up and became pop music for a while it was like yay it's like it's back in it's it's not like disco but it's you know it, which were like just kind of took over the you know the music scene yeah but it became part of the mainstream vocabulary now so i think that people you know kids in particular can they can love rock they can listen to the dance for a while especially on a friday or saturday yeah, there's nothing wrong with that but but you know if you think about you were just you were just saying rock is 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 better for like a live audience, but in but in reality, a DJ can pack a room with a thousand people, whereas a rock band struggles to pull a hundred people in. And I don't know why, <laughs> but that's what's going on. So there's definitely I mean right now EDM is is huge, and I'm not mad at it. I love to go to clubs and dance. That was a lie. That <laughs> just came out, and that was a total lie. I mean, one of the reasons one of the reasons I love I love performing drag so much is that is that the audience is usually so susceptible to the kind of songs that I want to sing and do. Like I can I can go. I would I was in a I was in a cover band for like eight years where we played like top forties radio hits, and I was never able to sing the songs that I really want to sing. But like this weekend for um, for Balançois, I'm going to be doing. Uh, the Little Mermaid. Oh, fine. Yeah. I'm juiced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that so excited because fun. I know that the audience, like, um, you know, I saw, um, I, don't, I don't remember wh- which queen it was that did Poor Unfortunate Soul a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yes! Yeah! <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's why I love performing drag so much is that I've never have I felt so accepted mm-hmm. for, like, what I want to do and who I am, and that's really beautiful. And that's a good venue. The balance was been packing it in on Sundays. Nice audience there. I've heard they've been, they've been getting packed. Um, mm-hmm. And so, since you so you're doing what song are you doing from Little Mermaid? Oh my goodness! Part of your world. Yes. <laughs> I'm so right. excited. Maybe there is something the matter with me. I just Why? can't imagine a world that oh. makes such wonderful things could be bad. Uh, my heart is my heart is touched now, Kat. That was beautiful. I can't wait. Let's go from the Little Mermaid to Saint Elmo's Fire. <laughs> yes. This this one I'm, I'm so very excited. interested in. Now Saint Elmo wasn't Leo wasn't Saint Elmo's Fire a really big like um, poppy song it back. It was then? a huge. It was thirty years ago actually. It was number one for like three or four <clears> weeks. Um, it was, it's contemporary. Am I? I want to say AC. Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember the original band. To be honest, it was. Um, 
<laughs> it was actually I really kind of tried to deprogram that out of my head. Yeah, it was that, Jason's <laughs> that long local, ago. You know, and this is this is kind of like my classic sound, which I kind of try to get away from because it's a little bit too kind of like fast and energetic. But they said you do that sound, that anthemic dance sound so well. Can you just give us a remix because we need it for the package. Everyone's trying to be do the really, really cool stuff and you know, you don't know how to make a pop anthem. So Is it based on the original? Yeah. It is. So I think we were t we're talking about the love theme from St. Emil's Fire, which was from David Foster in nineteen eighty six. Does that That's sound right? right? Now I know that because as a DJ on the dinner dance cruises I actually had somebody request that a couple months ago. As painful as it was, I played it. Let's just give a listening audience a sample of what the original sounds like. Here it goes. So good. <sighs> Is it playing? Oh. I love the St. Animal's Fire. Turn up the volume, DJ. All right. Well, I would. That was the music version. That that was the instrumental. You just took me back. So. Was no, that scary? Cat, hold, I, all right. Are you sweating? I know. We don't have any water. Oh, that was shocking. That's that's going way back to the depths of the '80s for me. Yeah. I'm sweating. Uh, I just <laughs> my sweat. mom just gave birth to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. Um, that was not the song that the new one's based on. But nope. it's the song we needed. Yes. But it's the song we needed for this moment right now. <laughs> let's let's play your version. Very <laughs> <laughs> emotion version. Uh, here it goes. the um how are you guys going to promote that one well that is being that just came out actually on itunes and on switchcraft records and it's uh actually it's a dj team digital original track and then they hired jason walker to cover it 
And then there's a, well, again, a, a boatload of uh, remixers. There's even some Tropical House in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, no, that's just being promoted with, uh, through Swishcraft Music. I, isn't that hard to say? Sometimes it that's is, a, it is a Matt Consoler's uh, another San Franciscan. Uh, well, not anymore. But he's in Portland now. He's Portland, uh, but that's his label. Yeah. He also has two labels, right? Yeah, that and Bounds. Bounce. Bounce, right. Um, yes, well, that's a good one. Uh, they're all good. That one's really catchy. Uh, Thank you. What was your? What were you thinking when you went into that? Like, what did you want? To well, again, that's like I said. It was kind of like they. I wanted to kind of do something a little bit more. I don't know my style, but they said do something really energetic because you're you've been known to do that type of sound, and you know it makes uh, even uh, straight rocker girls want to twirl on the dance floor. You know. Uh, <laughs> oh, I never said. <laughs> I just said I just said I didn't know I didn't know about that world, but, but see, the, but that's that's the really wonderful thing about remixes is that you 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 bring it back. Yeah. yeah. What did I do? Yes. <laughs> uh, that song I want to dance and twirl on the dance floor as well. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. So it's I did a. Poor, a I like to I like to do um, just really self indulgent covers. And I did um, Starship, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Um, and I, ha I hired two of my drag friends to pretend like they were mannequins. Mm -hmm. And it was really wonderful. But I made the mistake of doing it in Raleigh, North Carolina, where they don't appreciate that kind of stuff. They don't get that kind of thing over <laughs> there for some reason. And somebody, yeah. I think the audience loved it, but some stupid film or like uh, music critic was like, and then she came on and she did this shtick. Oh. Like, Fuck you, it's theater. We're having a good time. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's Raleigh. Yeah, you know. Raleigh. Well, welcome <laughs> to... I love Raleigh. I, I, you know, I love Raleigh to our listeners in Raleigh. We love you. In fact, if you have any questions for Kat, call us now at 415-550-0511. That's 415-550-0511. much better than their hometown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually really miss the city, but... It doesn't have. Do they? In, did they give you the key to the city after you won? No, <laughs> I couldn't even listen. I don't know what I have to do to get on the front page of my local newspaper. Is it just? I oh, can't. over their heads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they. They. No. No. There was no. No. Nobody cared. Well, you know, you have Raleigh, and then you have San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Where, by the way, yeah. <laughs> It's been super easy to get press coverage here. Yes, we are a loving city. You guys are so And I'm not awesome. even a native. I love you so much. But I've been here six years, but it feels like home. Does it feel like home to you, Miss Ladybug? All the time. Every time I come out to San Francisco, it feels like home. <laughs> and you're only a stone's throw away in huh? Oakland. You're only a stone's throw away from the city. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. I, I, or a gunshot away. Huh. <laughs> huh. A mess. Yeah, but I love San Francisco with all my heart and soul. Now, don't get me wrong. Oakland is cool, but I feel my heart belongs to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Did you leave your heart in San Francisco? You can say that. Mm. <laughs> How is your heart, by the way? Uh, it's doing okay. Um I'm going to uh, have uh, go get a checkup sometime in the second week of October to uh, do a follow-up. And um, other than that, I, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm just taking it easy and watch what I eat and watch what I drink. Hmm. 
because I almost had a little mishap one late night uh, when I when I went to bed. And what happened? Well, I guess my f- chest started feeling a little bit tiny, funny a little. And I had to get up and go to the bathroom two times, and then I went to the, my kitchen, uh, my kitchen, to uh, get a drink of cold ice water. And then I guess next thing you know, it settled down, you know, relaxed, and I went back to bed. But I'm gonna call my doctor, just have a set up appointment on the second week of October, do a, you know, do a follow up. So there you have it, Miss Ladybug. Well, honey, you take care of your body. Oh, I will. In San Francisco. High on a hill It calls to me To be where little cable cars Climb halfway to the stars The morning fog may chill the air. All right, folks, we're back. House of Pride. Pearl, how are you doing, honey? Fabulous. And yourself? Doing well. We're wrapping things up now. Wonderful. Well, we want to thank Miss Ladybug, Miss Christina Ladybug Gilmore for coming. Thanks, thank you girl. For, thank you for having me again. Always. You're yeah. like one of our regular girls now. <laughs> well, you might as well say that. I, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> we have the, the fabulous Leo Frappier in the house. Thank you for having me. Yes, always. We yes, it. it's fabulous to see you uh, <laughs> again. And um, I think I'm seeing you Saturday, right? For a yeah. S- oh, okay, yeah, see you then. Just showing that up. Okay. Um, come back anytime, Leo. I know you're super busy, but um, you have, uh, as indicated by your uh, your list of uh, releases, all of them are fabulous. Thank and I'm, I'm sure we're going to start seeing some of them on Billboard ma- Magazine charting on the dance charts. Yeah. One that we didn't play is already like number 26 on the uh, billboard. Which one is that? Um, that is. Uh, Let the Joy Rise? No, it was, was that all it was? Yes, let's talk. Disco fe- featuring Debbie Holiday. So when we were in Silicon Valley Pride, House of Pride, uh, Debbie came over after the main stage and talked to us, and we played that song. That's an amazing song. It's a cool song. It's a cool song, and it's shooting up the charts. And uh, I think we'll go out with that. That's fabulous. Sure. Yeah. Um, and and so, Kat, um, let's talk before we wind up. Let's talk about your cabaret show. Yes. Um, so it's September 25th, and it's at a super secret speakeasy. You'll find out the location when you buy a ticket. How do you buy a ticket? God, how do you buy a ticket? Let's buy one right now. Um, so you can go to misfitcabaret.eventbrite.com, and then it's uh, password protected because it's pretty elitist. Um, and the password is Sally Bowles, undercase, one word. Did you just Sally say Sally Bowles? Sally Bowles. Oh, Bowles. The, the main character from Cabaret. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it's pretty damn decadent. Um, we have champagne service, um, tea and crumpets and shit, and um, Eliza Rickman's going to be performing. I'm going to be doing a freaking Broadway medley that you guys have never heard. Um, we've got burlesque. We've got violin. We've got glockenspiel. 
Um, Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. Come on, Glockenspiel. We have, um, we have rhinestones covered in blood. I really hope that you guys can be there. Um, again, it's September 25th. September 25th. But I, go. I tried to get online real quick, and yeah. you have to repeat it again because that's a lot to take in. It Misfits is. Cabaret. Okay. Misfit. Can you spell Cabaret. it phonetically like the other one? Or Do you have a pencil? Because <laughs> I, I can't spell things in my brain. Yes, here. Okay. Here, pass the pen. Do I have some? And the back side oh. of that card you yeah, can write okay, on. Okay, so, okay folks, listen, listen up. Here we go. Listen, because it's going to be really fun. Um, M-I-S-F-I-T-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot Eventbrite they dot can, com. They can figure that part out. Yeah, and then Sally Bowles is spelled... S-A-L-L-Y-B-O-W-L-E-S. And that's one word in its lowercase. And I'll tell you what, listeners. If you actually do go right now and you use the code FRITZ, you get a special discount. Come on, FRITZ. Is that F-R-I-T-Z? It's with a Z. Yes. Awesome. Or could they also go to your Facebook page for that information? They could go to my Facebook page. They could go to my website. I'm making it very available. Yes. Just like, not me, because I'm married. <laughs> I can't tell that joke. Yes, you're married to a super nice guy. What's yeah. his name? His name's Guillaume. Guillaume, shout out to Guillaume. Hi, honey. We met him at Silicon Valley Pride. He likes bow ties. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I, I met him during the last show. Yeah, he does like bow ties. He, did. he probably gave you a dollar, or, or a few. Maybe. Yeah, he likes to give dollars. I like dollars. <laughs> well, Pearl, get your dollar purse ready because this Sunday is coming. Both of these ladies will be performing at Balançoire in the Mission. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, um, great. We want to uh, bring in a uh, last guest who had was stuck in traffic, by the way, Pearl Tees. Yes, I hear him laughing out there. Jay Eugene Banks, come on in. He is running. Did you win yet? No, Saturday. Was, it, he's running for Dugo Court. Yes, Pearl. Do you guys know each other? Come no, on. we don't. Hi, Bo. Uh, while you well, we reconfigurating this room. I'm going to put on um, the Debbie Holiday track that's shooting up Billboard dance charts right now. What number is it at, Leo? Uh, let's see. It's on that uh, number 27 on the Billboard uh, dance chart. That's up a few that's notches. Because awesome. yeah. when we were at Silicon Valley Pride, it just debuted in the top. Mm-hmm. Like or something like that. So this one's called uh, "Was That All It Was?" Dirty Disco featuring Debbie Harry, and it's the Debbie mix. Holiday. We're, Debbie Holiday. The, the, sorry, the, the mix we're listening to is Leo Frappier and Phil B. Yeah, fabulous. Check it out. Here goes. I've heard about her. Was that all it was? A way to pass some time. A moment's everything not worth remembering in the morning. Must it be so cold? Like something bought and sold? Was it just a game? Would you recall my name if you saw me?
exercise of will and what you needed to feel. Did you use me? One late comer, Pearl. All right, let's go ahead and introduce this week. Ajumani. Well, now, what does J stand for? Um, actually, um, my name is Aja Monet. Aja Monet, yes, welcome. On Facebook, um, I use J Eugene Banks. All right. I've always wanted to know what that meant. Yes. Oh, the world will never know. Is okay. That a, is that French? Yes. That's a French nice. That's a nice name. Oh, my, my birth name is actually French Creole. Really? But actually, it, it, it's a funny way I got that uh, name. I won't go into it. All right. <laughs> Pearl, what, you, what's your birth name? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Anto- Antoine or something? <laughs> I can tell you my birth name. Later. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about why you're here. Okay. okay, I'm here because I would love to represent... Um, San Francisco, Marin, and San Mateo County um, as the next Grand Duke of San Francisco. Oh, and the election is coming up. I love it. Yes. Yeah. When is the election? Um, this Saturday, the <gasps> 19th. Oh, my God. The 19th. And I need everyone to vote yes for Aja Monet. Where can people vote, Aja Monet? People can vote at the, um, the Project Open Hand, which is on Polk and... Um, and it's Polk and Ellis, mm-hmm. and um, from nine to two, and that's where I'm gonna start off voting at. Um, the candidates have to vote there to open up the polls, and I would love for people to start off voting there. And then from one to five, um, it's the SF Eagle, South of Market. And from one to six in the Castro and the bulletin board, um, between Magnet, yeah. And the, it's by the parking lot. Oh, right. Well, you guys make sure you have your IDs because you do yes. have to be a San Francisco yes. resident. Yes. Yeah, San Francisco, Marin, or San Mateo yeah. counties. Bring those IDs and vote yes. for, for Asha Monet. Yes. And also, um, we would find out who the winners are at Coronation, which would be at the Wickham Hotel okay. on the 26th. And um, that starts at 5 o'clock. Um, the doors open at 5, and um, then the Victory Brunch would be Sunday, Folsom Street Fair Day. All right. So, Fabulous. The Victory yes. Brunch, I love it. Yes, hopefully I'll, <laughs> I'll be in that. So just remember, Aja Monet, I'm a very uh, um, 
and I'm a very community-minded person. You know, I do a lot of history, LGBT history walk, and uh, the Tenderloin Pride that I helped put together. Um, in the Castro, I've helped with the uh, Castro Community Patrol, and every penny counts. So it's all about community. It's not about me. It's what. Mm -hmm. It's all about each one, teach one, be one. Because when we do that, the whole community can connect, and then the the people that are coming up. The, can know about their past and then the past I mean the older the older community can learn from the younger community too so what do you think of that Christina wow sounds very interesting I love it because it's really helped with my self-esteem um, the Ducal Council have has given me a way to express myself um, and also help raise money for um, the different organizations that I was volunteering with anyway. So actually now I can actually help raise money because when I first started with the Ducal Council, I was, I didn't have any money, so I sold raffle tickets and done. I started doing numbers um, like Blue Rolls and stuff like that when I, uh, when I first started with the Ducal Council. And now I just wanna um, just inspire people with me and, and just let them know that all because of whatever situation that you're in, um, you don't have to be ho-hum, ho-hum, get out there and do something and, and, and make a positive impact on um, Amity. Being so, the change that you want to see. Yeah, then Friday we're doing a bar crawl from um, the Cinch uh, starting at 7.30 and we're going to be walking so if people want to come, come at 7.30 so that... That's um, right at 1723 Pope Street? Yes, uh-huh. And then um, it's going to be uh, a LGBT history. Um, um, it's also going to be a walk also where where we tell about different things that used to be where the bars and 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 and, and then we'll go go to the encore in California. Oh, I love encore. Yeah, Lounge. I love it. And then Divas and that's on Post. Mm -hmm. Alexis Miranda, she manages there. She was an empress, something years, no, not that um, <laughs> history right there um, in the Tinderloin area. Then on Charlie's. And then we'll hit OMG for Galileo's birthday. That's going to be one that Wow, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh yeah. my gracious. Yeah. That's a lot of, I'm going to be in bed by 11. That's a lot of, <laughs> lot of crawling going on up there. Well, that's fabulous. Well, listen, okay. thanks for coming by, and thank do you. stop by again thank on House of so Pride. Much. I love you, Tweaker. You oh, really, thank you, honey. Really, um, um, had open arms for me when you were on Mason, 50 Mason. Uh huh. And, and I came to a bit there. Uh, that reminds me of that Journey song. I come to you in open arms. Well, you guys can follow him over on Facebook at J. Eugene Banks. Yes. The Prince Royale Aja Monet. Yes. And then also, if you want to find out more about the Ducal Council, you can go to SF Ducal, D U C A L. All the information you ever wanted to need. So. All right. Thanks okay. for coming. Thank you guys so much. Now, folks, do join us next Wednesday when Sean DJ Shane Steele, Sister Roma, uh, speaking of which, oh, wow. and wow. Bianca Simone. <laughs> I'll miss, miss. Mm -hmm. And Marco Middlesex, of course, as we were found yeah, out I don't earlier. I have a full show to, uh, next week. That's a I'll full house. Christine, you come by, too, if you're in the area, girl. You're welcome anytime. Okay. We'll tune in, you guys, every Wednesday here at House of Pride Radio from 6 to 8 p.m. at muniradio.fm. That's right. We're going to listen to more of Leo's song on the way out. Good night, everyone. Good night from Miss Ladybug. Peace. Uh, yeah.
It is Wednesday, uh, February 1st. I cannot believe it is February 1st, 2017. You are listening. You are listening to the Mutiny Radio.fm. You're listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. I am joined today by the wonderful, the always amazing. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hey, happy hey. Black History Month. It's Black History Month. Yes, not I, for long. I thought about that this morning. Uh, we are also joined by new Mutiny Radio mutineer, Kaysen Wise. Good morning, ladies, and hey. happy Black History Month. Yeah. Welcome to the family. <laughs> Thank you. Very feel, Very welcome. He's still working on his, the title of his show that's going to be every Tuesday from 2 to 4. Uh, and it's a it's a bi city. It's a double city. That's true. We are a single coast bi city. We're in Los Angeles and San Francisco. It's gonna be doing some range. interviews and cool things down there. Figure I don't have enough friends in one city. I had to make some in a second one. <laughs> Take guests any way I can get them is pretty much it. But yes, we don't have a title yet, but that doesn't stop Pam from advertising and pushing us out there, which I appreciate. So thank you, Pam. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so yeah, this is the Altcast. We are now uh, news partners not only with the Drug Policy Alliance, which is awesome. Uh, they've been uh, pushing drug policy reform, uh, specifically around harm reduction. And uh, so that's great. We've been working with them for a while now, thanks to Melissa Moore. And now we are partnered with NARL, uh, the pro-choice nationalist, the national pro-choice group. Uh, they bought food for me on Saturday. Wow. <laughs> there was a bunch of comedians. Narl's really interesting because they are using comedians to get their information out there, which is amazing that they think that we have any value. Because we're not <laughs> fake, fake news. Because we're not. Well, there's so much fake news out there that it's all like, at this point, it's all opinion, you know? And when news first started, Kason was talking about this yesterday. When news first started, you in, before the 60s, you couldn't have. Uh, a one op- 
opinion without the same amount of airtime from the opposite opinion. You just couldn't do that. And now we have huge news outlets that have their own bias, that, and they're completely honest about their bias. I mean, you know when you're going to Fox News what you're getting. Horseshit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's the same thing. When you know you're going to the AltaCast and you're listening to this, you know that you're going to get... Real shit. The real shit. The, well, the real <laughs> truth as filtered uh, behind our, our socialist eyes, or as I'd like to call myself now, Marxist. Um, this is... I didn't. I don't know when we're going to... I don't know how it's going to come up, if we should let it come up organically or if we should address the elephant in the room. Uh, Kaysen is not of the Democrat persuasion, nor of the Green Party, nor of the independents. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, no, this is this is the truth. So this is a uh, this the is a great first impression room. I'm gonna have to come up with is I am actually a registered Republican. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw things just yet. I didn't vote for any of this nonsense, and I'm not a fan of most of it. But I am one of those Republicans that uh, thinks, uh, in general terms, uh, women should have rights. Uh, we should all have equal rights. Black lives do matter. Uh, I'm of this ilk, but also I think fiscal responsibility is important. Which it's not to say that Democrats and others don't, but I would like to fight the party from the inside and make it a better party. I have kind of an idealism about it, and it's sucking right now, and I really wish I could change it. So basically, you are the party of Lincoln, technically. Ah. Because originally, that's what Republicans were. Yes. So yeah. technically, you're OG Republican. Yes. Not not the Reagan Republicans no. or the Eisenhower. More of like the 1860 Republican. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. She caught and that very quickly. You, yes, didn't, so. you didn't call him your favorite word. Oh, Republican. Yes. <laughs> uh, because there's no because I I'm from the Midwest and I know different types of Republican Republicans and Republicans. Um, <laughs> Republicans. And I I I'm actually you know the thing is the difference between those is like what I just described as the more party of Lincoln right. rather than those of the party of Reagan. Uh, big difference. The difference is is exactly what you were just describing of what an OG Republican is. That's actually the uh, definition of what it was supposed to be. Hmm. Now it has turned into a side freak show, <laughs> and I've, it's not even a party. Anymore. I'm calling him 45 now. I'm not gonna dignify him with a name. Cheeto. I'm just gonna call him 45. I like that. I heard someone else calling him. 45. Yeah, it's uh, Stacy from Unleash the Rain started doing it, and I was like, I love it because I hate to say his name, and they were really interested interesting about they said it's he is our president uh so this whole not my president thing is ridiculous yeah but i agree that we he he needs to start acting presidentially uh, yeah and the thing is it's not going to happen now i don't see he doesn't know how he doesn't know how to he's never been taught he's never learned he's never studied he's never he's been studied. in any and i don't think he has any interest in learning either he does but it's, there's a certain way that you're supposed to present yourself as the leader of the free world or at least of this particular nation i mean i hate to say that you're the leader of the free world if you're the american president you know i don't necessarily believe in that either i think that the free world is much bigger than the hubris of the american manifest destiny any dream or whatever we're doing uh but he's not acting presidentially this tweeting thing this tweeting thing is the least this is like you're like a junior high girl <laughs> tweeting how is this how can we put a gag order on 
the entire government and yet tweet everything out. It just seems so childish and bizarre to me. And it's becoming kind of kind of routine. The press secretary was showing off tweets in his press conference a few days ago as like, is this is news we should talk about, like taking it seriously. It's crazy. This is the other in, in other weird Facebook news. Jonathan, uh, he was in, he was in high school. He went to a really rich high school at Santa Monica High. Uh, he was bussed in from Inglewood, so he. But he went to Santa Monica High, and there was the guy who was voted most likely to succeed, and he was a dick in high school. He is now like the guy that you see on the news. He's one of the press guys. He's he's a speechwriter, and he's this young guy. And Jonathan showed me yesterday. He's like, this guy was such a dick in high school. He was like, this guy was seriously like nobody. Like he had one friend, and and he was voted most likely to, to achieve or whatever because he was such a dick, and he was such like a hardcore. And now he's one of Trump's 45's main guys. And we saw him all over the news with the White House stuff. And Jonathan was like, of course. Of course. No. He has a small dick. I'm just going to... Most people, I think most people are, most of the dudes in that whole administration have small dicks. And this is a legitimate news show. Yeah, it is. And the fact of the matter (laughs) is just like... (laughs) People are, I think people need to get a little bit more upset, not with even just Trump, but you know his other lynchmen, it's, uh... Bannon? Yeah! The Jew-hating, ugly, crater-faced son of a bitch. Who I believe is kind of the Cheney to his bush, which is yeah. he's kind of a mastermind and the real one we should be looking at. Yeah, yeah. totally, the puppet. And Sessions, he's another terrible, oh, Sessions as well. Yes. All of them, all of them are good and terrible. And I didn't know Pence called his wife mother. You, oh my god. Do you know how Norman Gross. Bates of that is mm. I mean you know Norman Bates the character in Psycho would call his mother mother because he was in love with his mother well and when there's just a little I, remember, uh, I didn't know that it's I, really he calls her calls her mother is huh? he call his he calls his wife mother oh god well, because the mother of the children there's a thing like that they do there's an old movie or whatever where they call they call her they call the mom wife mother because it's somehow I don't know maybe because back in the back in the oldie days you had um, a mistress that you slept with and that was the sexy one and the other one that just had the babies was the mother and so you just called a mother oh my god it's like another way of identifying women as what they are used for or can be used for like you are just mother material exactly right, yeah. uh, how do they just, you don't need to make up any material about these guys sometimes you can just they can just talk and you can have such great stuff come out of their mouth and by it's, great I mean horrible it's so scary uh, so let's get into our first one here this is from the Drug Policy Alliance uh, yay drugs the yeah, drugs. This came out this morning. Um, press release from the Drug Policy Alliance. Senate Judiciary votes to advance Nightmare Jeff Sessions as Attorney General. Uh, this it's terrible. In, in the actual headline. In quotations, yeah. But this is also we're getting it from the Drug Policy Alliance, so the word's a little bit skewed. Uh, but on the cover of the Drug Policy Alliance website right now, they have a link button that you can immediately contact your senator. So please, please, please go to Drug Policy Alliance uh, at drugpolicy.org and click on that so that you can talk to your senator right away and say this is not this is not okay. Uh, party line votes. A party line vote with no Dems in support. Nomination now heads to Senate floor for final vote. DPA Sessions is a disaster for drug policy and criminal justice reform. 
Today, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to advance the nomination of Jeff Sessions for Attorney General of the United States. The vote was 11 to 9, with no Democrats supporting the nominee. The nomination will now go to the Senate floor for a full and final vote. Jeff Sessions is a disaster for drug policy and criminal justice reform, said Bill Piper, Senior Director for Drug Policy Alliance's Office of National Affairs. He is a nightmare for medical marijuana patients and will destroy families and communities by amplifying the mass incarceration crisis. And don't you feel like we just finally started talking about the mass incarceration crisis as a whole? It was on Netflix, which shapes all of our lives, and that 13 thing. And now there's a follow-up to the 13 with Oprah. And people are finally starting to realize that the draconian drug laws of the 70s were put in place specifically for the industrial machine that eats people, the industrial. We were actually, um, even during the debates and what have you, we were talking about the heroin epidemic that is going on like in a lot of white rural and suburban communities so for those who voted for trump who have other relatives that have a drug you know drug addiction this is going to this is going to affect them as well it's going to roll back we've just recently had some drug policy reform in the ways of harm reduction and this you know we were talking about this this has come about because suddenly the epidemic is white. Black <laughs> yeah. people have been dying of, you know, have, have had ad- addiction issues for years, and instead we just incarcerate them. But now all of a sudden that, you know, little Susie, 15-year-old <laughs> Susie Kim, you know, or whatever in Indiana, suddenly she's on opiates and she can't get off the oxys. And now we're like, oh, we need to deal with this medically and help this person. And it's like... That was big news when I started. There was some stuff that came out, and I'm sure it's been out in the past before anyway, but it was highlighted recently where in a lot of Trump-supporting areas, uh, there was a significant amount of opioid addiction. Uh, Absolutely. It's very, and this is, of course, a lot of the group, and this is a generalized statement, of course, but this is the group that's talking about how drugs are bad, drugs should be illegal, and addiction is, it should be incarcerated. And now look at them. Now they're, I mean... It's, they're, they're the same people that are hopped up and pilled up. Yeah. Because of, you know, because of maybe the pharmaceutical companies. Maybe, not all of them, because some of them like the meth. Right, right, right. <laughs> you, can go, you can go two routes. You can go classic homemade meth. Yeah, right. But, I mean, the thing is, it's just like, we just came we're almost full circle with getting everyone on board with the war on drugs is flawed right. and now we have a new new administration that wants to bring it back you know um in full force 50 billion dollars a year 50 billion What's that? dollars that's the budget uh for the, the war on drugs every year. That's the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. That's money savings. Budget. Right? And the, to be able to, but the thing is that I don't think they want to curb recidivism. 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 I can't, it's so hard to say that word. I'm not going to even try. Recidivism. Nope. Like the when people go back to it. When yeah. you're trying to rehabilitate and you say, hey, now they're, if you put it, if you just incarcerate people, they don't get better. No. They get and, the scarlet letter. And, but drug addiction, this is like a, a problem that we've created because we don't have the mental health services to be able to service people. I mean, and this all goes back for me. It seems so simple and it's so hard for me to understand, but it goes back to abortion. Maybe if we, not to you know, there are some people that are alive today that maybe if there would have been access to whatever they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had a terrible life that led them into drug addiction or that led them into alcoholism or that led there's a lot of people that you know i guess i just don't see why 
they have such a moralistic stance on something that is not even alive yet and doesn't have, but once someone's actually alive, then there's no help services. Oh, it's good an luck. For, you know, yeah, exactly. It's just like, don't kill that unborn baby. But if you're a heroin addict or a crackhead, you should be incarcerated. You should get the chair. Now, what help? How how much sense does that make? Right, and especially <laughs> if it's less than zero. If people yeah. <laughs> if people don't have the parenting skills, I mean, and that's the thing. Say, so oh, they're making an abortion. It's like, how about if we think about parenting skills and teaching kids how to be in education? Edu- education. It all goes back to if that you, word. If your kids, if you teach your young girls that their self esteem doesn't have to be balanced upon crazy horny. That's the thing is that girls aren't ready to have sex when boys are ready to have sex. And guys are going to push girls into sex. And girls are who have different issues and self-esteem issues because of whatever's perpetuated by our society want boys to like them. So if they're suddenly said, told, well, I'm not going to like you if you don't have sex with me, they're going to be like, well, I want him, allowed him to love me. And then I even, I used to teach high school and I had a student who got, she was in my class and she got pregnant on purpose because she said, no one's ever loved me. My mom didn't love me. My dad didn't love me. I'm going to have a baby because this baby is going to love me. And I said, you're 16 years old. Don't do this. And then she did. She went out and got pregnant and she changed classrooms. She wasn't in my classroom anymore. She was in the special mommy classroom and you know, where they raise their kids in school or whatever with each other. And I was like, but she, she had enough wherewithal to point to it and say, no one's ever loved me. I want something to love me. I'm going to have a baby and i'm like what well i mean it it it, this boils down to where like a lot of people like to talk about fiscal responsibility but you can't have that if you have you know a broken home uh your parents are uneducated because of the fact of economically they were set to fail as well it's all it's like a domino or a snowball effect basically of like you know why people end up in the situations going on to like you know the 16 year old having the child and and how about her upbringing right she had a crappy upbringing. yeah it, it goes to that and you know you could you could be as poor as dirt and have a broken home as well as wealthy as fuck and still have a broken home right. and end up into these situations because it, it it boils down to education and it boils down to um also economics but the basic things that people don't get at home because maybe the parents weren't in the house because of addiction or they had to work all the time right. or the wealthy family was always at work all the time or just didn't give a fuck right you know so it, it, it for in light of in light of uh, black history month <laughs> uh, somebody explained this to me and i finally understood like when when people say well we in america are all given the same opportunities and Blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. It's like they started a race, right? They started the race. Bang. Except that all the black people have 10-pound weights strapped to each leg. And they're like, start the race. Bang. Go. And then suddenly the white people were all way ahead. And we turn around. We're like, where did they all go? What's going on? And they were like, oh, wait. They had... They had weights on their ankles. We need to take those weights off. Those are chains. And then we take the chains off. Right. You take the chain gang off and you take them off. And you're like, well, why aren't you here now? 
Why aren't you up here with us? You're so far behind now. We just can't even. And, then, and you would think like, let's start the race over. But people say, no, 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 no. We're just, we're just gonna, we're gonna keep going on with it because I'm entitled. Because now I'm at the front of the, I'm, I ran fast and hard, and I am at the front of the pack, and it is my pack, and I did the work, and that's what it is. And it's like, but wait a minute. That's not like you, yeah. You had a better opportunity and a head start. Wait, well, and it, it's and it, even if there isn't an opportunity and a head start, you didn't have a detriment applied to you. You didn't have huge weights on your legs right. that that people were not even acknowledging. They're like, all right, let's go, bang. And, and, here, and here's here's the sad part for the poor white folks that think they're ahead of the race, which they're not, but they vote that way. They got another thing coming. Especially now with the fact of the matter is just like you thought your leader was going to bring your jobs back. You're going to still be in that shack in West Virginia. You think you're ahead of the game? No, you back there with us too now. And we're you're all just blind. The thing is, the ma- I, I really honestly feel the majority of Americans are awoke in what's going on. And the fact of the matter is like I think a lot of people, especially in these rural communities, aren't awoke because... They they think they're they're wishing upon a star. Yeah, it's not gonna come true. Right, and it's a reality TV star, so it's like the least <laughs> shiny star in the firmament. It's like the you know what tarnished I mean? star. It's the tarnished star. It's like the star that's about to go supernova, and that seems big <laughs> and good. Except that then what happens after that is it becomes a black hole. It becomes a seething mass that sucks everything into it and murders and kills all, even the light. Even light cannot exist in a black hole. That was funny. That sounded like a fairy tale, dark and grim. Yeah, it's terrible. We're scared. So back to Jeff Sessions, scary, scary guy. Uh, Sessions' record is deeply concerning. In recent years, 28 states have legalized marijuana for medical use, including nine states represented by members of the Judiciary Committee. And an additional 16 states, including six states represented by members of the Judiciary Committee, have legalized CBD oils and non-psychotropic components of marijuana that have shown effectiveness in managing epileptic seizures that affect that afflict children. Uh, CBN is another good one. CBD, uh, THC, THCA, all the good ones. Uh, additionally, people who use marijuana in Louisiana with a doctor's recommendation are protected from arrest. Hey, that's great. Eight states have voted to legalize tax and regulate marijuana like alcohol, including California. Jeff Sessions has said, good people don't smoke marijuana, disparaging the tens of millions of Americans who have used marijuana, including the last three presidents. He has criticized the Justice Department's guidance respecting state marijuana laws and even opposes marijuana for medical use. If confirmed as Attorney General, Sessions could increase marijuana arrests and prosecutions, threaten state officials, and undermine the ability of local agencies to regulate marijuana. In a recent article in The Hill, former Department of Justice officials and Sessions allies said states that voted to legalize marijuana may be in for reckoning. I just That's the real thing. I just Actually, wanted to put that's a cue. The actual quote. It says, maybe in for a reckoning. Uh, that sounds like him. Yeah, right? Sessions was the chief opponent of 2016 bipartisan efforts to reduce sentences for drug offenses, voting against the bill in committee. Sessions has also been critical of the Obama Justice Department's guidelines around sentencing that were designed to limit harsh 
sentencing and reserve mandatory minimums for major offenders. He opposes any reform of civil asset forfeiture, a process that allows government agencies to seize money and property without having to charge anyone with a crime. We talked about this last year. Yep. The kid that was on, he saved his twelve thousand, eight thousand. It was either eight, ten, or twelve thousand dollars. He had saved this money forever. He was from New York. He got on a train to go live his dream in California yeah. to take his maker his recording and his like new album of whatever music he was doing. And he'd gotten this money from his parents. He raised it on the GoFundMe and all the stuff. And he's on the train, and they took his money without charging him of anything and said it was drug money. They just took his money. They took his money. They really? just Robbed. took his money. They robbed him. Jacked him and said he and he had no he didn't have a pipe he had no marijuana there was no there was no charge there was no they can do it up to forty thousand dollars they can just take, take it your stuff they and just property, took his money and property and they never yeah, your property they just they can do that this was in New York when this happened he was a train he was on a train train so the Amtrak and that's the thing is that the Amtrak officials were somehow different and. Because we, we went into this whole, we had no idea about this this forfeiture thing. And I think California just overturned it, so we don't, they can't do it in California. But federally, they can still do it. The DEA can seize your property without charging you for a crime. And it's insane. It's insane, yeah. That, that was something very educational that we learned that day. Yeah. But just the sad thing is, the majority of people don't know about this and how Jeff Sessions is very dangerous. I, I mean, it's... Uh, it just brings up... And the whole thing with that is it was racial profiling. Oh, it's because he was yeah. black. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and then they just they said, well, this is drug money. Why would why would anybody be on this train here uh, with you know, ten thousand dollars? Right? How would you have gotten that money? He's like, well, when I, I think of trains, it. I think of when I think of drugs, I think of trains. Trains, right? Yeah, yeah the Amtrak. One the same, right? That's all you. But there was no, there were no drugs. They just took his money. It's terrible. Uh, so that's a real thing. Um, that's a scary civil thing. asset forfeiture. The Drug Policy Alliance has created a digital campaign to put the brakes on Alabama Republican Senator Jeff Sessions' nominee, nomination for Attorney General. The Drug Policy Alliance campaign includes a video launched on the route that exposes Jeff Sessions' appalling record on drug policy, civil and human rights, and criminal justice reform. The Drug Policy Alliance video, created by award-winning filmmaker Dream Hampton, alternates between archival media footage of Sessions' troubling racist words and actions and DPA staff and allies talking about what sessions would mean for drug policy and criminal justice. The video ends with a call to action asking people to call their senators to reject sessions for attorney general. Uh, recently, the Drug Policy Alliance organized a teleconference for reporters to discuss Sessions' record on civil and human rights, criminal justice reform, and drug policy. Representatives from Latino Justice, NAACP, uh, Legal Defense Fund, the Council on American Islamic Relations, Cato Institute, the Samuel DeWitt Proctor Conference, and the Drug Policy Alliance expressed their concerns about Sessions. Senators should reject Jeff Sessions for the floor, Piper said. He must be stopped before he causes irreparable damage to our country. Uh, oh, man. These, like, three years are going to be looking sexy. I be, mean... <laughs> this is the sexiest cabinet ever. All straight white males. Wow. Yeah, this is... Uh, sexy. This sexy. is not res- representative of the republic. This is representative of a very specific type of... Oh, yeah. ...republic. Uh, that it's so scary. Banana. 
<laughs> the banana. <laughs> yes, there's the joke. They all have their bananas. Uh, so this is the, the on the cover of their thing. They have the Stop Jeff Sessions nomination. He was picked uh, to be the next attorney general. You can click on the link to send a message to your senator now. And uh, you put in your, you just copy paste. It's really easy. Uh, the letter that you can copy paste says, Dear Senator, President-elect Donald Trump has picked Sessions to be the next attorney general of the United States. I urge you to oppose his nomination. As a U.S. senator from Alabama, Sessions said good people don't smoke marijuana. He once joked that the only issue with the Ku Klux Klan was their drug use. He was even denied a federal judgeship 30 years ago by a Republican-controlled Senate for racist remarks. He is likely to use his power as attorney general to interfere with state legal marijuana and medical marijuana programs. Sessions is also a proponent of harsh sentences for drug offenses. Sessions was the chief opponent of recent bipartisan efforts to reduce the sentences for drug offenders, demagoguing that this proposal would provide for leniency for legal alien drug traffickers and voting against the bill in Judiciary Committee. Jeff Sessions is not fit to serve as Attorney General, and as your constituent, I am strongly urging you to oppose his nomination sincerely, your first and last name. Uh, you can copy-paste this, and they have uh, a list of all of the uh, of the senators you can send it to. So please, I urge you to do that. Uh, now, now, because ASAP. Yeah, because things are things are getting scary. He's, he's about to. I think there's a either one or two Democrats that have are still holding out uh, for his confirmation. So, I was just reading about that today. Huffington Post. Yeah, are they holding out now with the numbers that such that it is? Is it going to make an impact, or is it more of a, uh, a spiritual stand? He's, I think it, it's not going to make an impact. Right. You know, he's but it's important. Be, he's going to be yeah. the attorney general. It's, it's still he's important be, yeah. to make waves. Yeah. And make this known how we feel, of course. Exactly. But, I mean, this is, you know... It would be a sh- the biggest shame to start rolling back the marijuana drug reform uh, and policy reform that we've had recently and the legalization that we've rallied around and embraced here in California and in Colorado and legally in Washington First and Oregon. All, you would think, okay, so these Republicans love Bunny, right? So look they how claim much. To. Yeah, can if if you see how much revenue that Colorado and Washington State have brought back to their state, right? Um, you would think, hey, I like money. Greed is good. You know what? Let's try to roll things forward because we like money. We can get into this ourselves. Right. But the sad thing is, I think some of the Republicans, like Jeff Sessions, don't don't understand how much you know federally this could help and and bring help economically basically what i'm trying well, to say the problem is that they're having a moral stance about marijuana and marijuana is proven now to have medical benefits to help lots of people both emotionally and physically alcohol is the devil and yet yep. it is so legal yeah that's the absolute truth. And on the Republican side, especially the new Republicans or the ones of late, there's been a co-opt by, by the religious right and such that it becomes a moral conversation instead of a fiscal conversation, which, yes, you would win that conversation. Those who win on the side of the money that can be made should win and can win every single time. But you're right. It ends up being a moral problem. And, yes, alcohol has the greatest PR in the world. What marijuana probably needs is some great commercials. Let's get it. Right. There you go. 
get them a good PR team and let's get the word During out. During the Super Bowl. Something, something other than that Cheech and Chong. would be great. Yes. Something <laughs> other than Cheech and Chong because what we've done yeah. is we've dumbed down and we've said marijuana users are stupid. And that here's the thing. And anti-authority. If, if, if I'm, well, I'm, an, I'm anti-authority. Well, sure, but if, if, if marijuana makes you dumb, then, then I, you know, then I shouldn't have two master's degrees. Like, <laughs> how is it? How is it possible? Be a spokesperson, right? I mean, right. come on! I, I shouldn't be able to know the fact of the difference between right and wrong. If I'm such a pothead, no, that's right. just me. No, well, I, like I reefer madness. <laughs> but that's what reefer madness said. All the propaganda that went in in the 30s because William Randolph Hearst had cotton farms instead of hemp farms, and the hemp breaker just had its, uh, the hemp breaker just came out with its uh, patent, and it was going to be widely released so that people could make hemp more usable. It was used to be really difficult to take hemp and turn it into rope and turn it into other things. But this new machine in the 30s, it was great. And so the people that had money in timber and in cotton said, whoa, whoa, wait, yeah. wait a minute. We don't want a competing. And DuPont came out with all that, um, yeah. all that nylon rope. And they were like, haha, yep. we don't want hemp Spandex. on. The ships should all be on uh, nylon rope now. They should never do hemp again. We could have had all hemp ropes. We could have natural. It all boils down to a Betamax versus VHS sort of situation, right. political side of the business side. And then it became, the conversation was marketed as morality. Right. Morality, as well as uh, the end of uh, Pearl Prohibition, Anheuser-Busch oh, yeah. also was part of the campaign during the 1930s oh, to be part of to, the whole... To villainize. Uh, booze, yeah, yes. We exact, know. Exactly. And booze plus they used the bad. whole uh, racial uh, stamp tax, I believe, uh, for Mexican people, saying that they were um, the ones that were bringing it in. Right. So that goes back to the 30s. Uh. If I'm such a stoner, why do I know that? Why do you know right? all the yeah, facts? Just... You keep bringing facts to the table. I don't understand. <laughs> we've we've done a, we've we've been talking about marijuana for the last three years. Like, I mean, all the way from like when it's speaking of the first in the very first uh, medical journals. Actually, in the very first written recorded things of humanity. It was the Chinese. There were these four books of medicine and the Chinese wrote them. And they talk about they talk about medical marijuana. This is 4,000 years ago. This is one of our first recorded texts. And they talk about marijuana usage. The, the Indians have been using, and it's, that's even the wrong India. Indigenous. The, the, in, well, the Indians from India okay. have been using it for 4,000 years. They use cow pee to keep the bugs away. They don't use pesticides. Uh, and it's, it's all natural, awesome. They have a drink called Bang, which is this weird, like, yogurt lossy thing with weed in it it's awesome they've been using it medicinally in for africa hashish of years. yeah i mean here in the americas as well and then we we can even talk about in the americas here the coca leaf right that's right. another subject though we won't get into well, that and now i've had coca tea from my one of my friends went to uh she went to Colombia and she came back and she brought me a box of coca tea and that stuff was amazing it was like way better than coffee it was way better than caffeine and it was like you know you steep your coffee you steep your coca leaves in your water i don't know if it was illegal for her to bring back but boy was it good and it wasn't like i'm high on cocaine it was like <laughs> it was like really really good coffee yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 i think the fact of the matter is just like we've said this over and over again that there's just too much money in these pharmaceutical companies yeah, yeah, and lobbying yeah, yeah. and i think that and the oil business, uh, oh God. petrochemical, they, they, they're all one and the same, I feel like. The, the, the petrochemical companies and the pharmaceutical companies, they're deriving like these fake medicines from science, which is, I mean, it's, 
I just don't think that we can solve don't everything. Don't use that word. It's a dirty word. Science. science. Yeah, quit science. bringing science into this. You can't do I that just, down here. I feel like, why do we... What is it about how they've changed us as a people? They haven't we, changed us. No, they, they have, because Some we use... When did we start believing that if you take a pill, it will make it better? Was it was it when advertising was invented? Was it was it like um, turn of the century? I think there was good intentions in that. I think a lot of study was done on on, on things that started from plants, like uh, and then we just decided to ma- mass manufacture them. And then of course, yes, then money got involved. And while that could also be a positive inside and make more medicines for us, it of course was then taken over by those that just were rich and greedy. And then now it's been taken advantage of. And yes, now you have the drug companies that are today, which is a downside of capitalism, giving all the power to a very few. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is that we wouldn't even need some of our drugs if we hadn't, if we don't live our lifestyles the way we do, like all of our blood pressure medication. Yeah, I we feel could, like we could fix a lot of this with like diet and exercise. Right, diabetes. Thank yeah. you. Simple shit. Right. Yes. Thank but, you. But, but that's the thing is that we don't even have, we, not everybody has access to good food. I mean, or education. Or on education. education on it's good set up food. that way. Yes. It's McDonald's is. Is a dollar forty nine. Why not? Why go there? Why would I want to get a, a leafy greens and some uh, right some stuff at the grocery store that cost me seven dollars? Right. I can just go to the anyway. if I can just McDonald's, get it for a dollar forty nine. They put yeah. those places in poor communities for a reason to set people up, as well as they put those places in suburbs. May I say? Cause yes, no, it's you, true. Because you cannot get away from an Olive Garden, a McDonald's, or Applebee's yeah, for sure right, in the absolutely. suburbs. It's very telling when you go to a grocery store and you see that the, the soda, a, a two liter soda is 99 cents, but a bottle of water is $1.45. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, right? <laughs> the irony there is, but that's the thing. How can that be possible? Because water is water, and soda is like water and corn syrup and sparkle sugar. things and sugar, fake sugar. Crap. Like, I mean, every once in a, like maybe once every two months, I'll have a Mexican Coke. You know what I mean? That's real sugar. Mm. Real sugar. Nice treat. Nice treat. But we, our bodies are not meant. We're never designed to take in these many false products. I honestly, I have, I have kidney issues and I attribute my kidney issues to the massive amounts of Diet Coke I drank in my 20s. I went to Costco once a week and I got myself a flat a Diet Coke. I got 24 Diet Cokes and I would go through those in <laughs> a, a week. Of, nice. A flat of Diet Coke and it was either, it was six days and sometimes seven, but it was never eight. I drank Diet Coke instead of water. I drank, I would wake up and I'd go to the refrigerator and I'd pop one of those cold, delicious, weird, now they taste weird to me, but oh, I just would be like, sweet. I would like <laughs> slam a Diet Coke in the morning and then get another and have it in the car on the way to work. And I was, I, at the time I used to wonder like, why? When I moved to San Francisco, I like immediately lost 10 pounds and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was that I no longer drove my car. Ah. I just started walking everywhere to get that Diet Coke. To get well, yeah, I just stopped drinking Diet Coke because I didn't have any money to buy Diet Coke. <laughs> this was before I got on food stamps. But now I would never spend money on foods. I would I'll buy sparkle water, but yeah, I won't buy. Same. Love the Lacroix. Love the any Ditto. sparkle water. Really. Sparkle man. water. Love it. Mm, I love my Perrier. Yeah, oh, man. But like, Geyser. Yeah. Love it, all of it. Lime flavor. The grapefruit flavor is really good. Which the I'll Crystal Geyser one is cheaper. So, oh, look. Yeah. Advice for you all listening out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's almost, I don't want to say it's almost, it's a little bit more expensive than you buying a soda. But all these things, like your, you know, your fast food, your, your diet, your Coca-Colas, your Nabisco people, right. they're all built for the fact of putting all these things into their food to get people sick. NutraSweet, which is in 
a lot of Coke products or any diet products is very dangerous. It's been oh, uh, gives ca- rats cancer. They grow things. On yes, their exactly. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Big big cancer rats. Yeah. They're yeah. It's can't yeah. You can catch cancer. Basically. You can catch cancer. You know, and so yeah, the people who are yeah. I think that your diet though. I think and it's we're being funny about saying you can catch cancer, but right diet is what can I think that the way that we eat I've always wondered like doesn't it seem like everyone's dying of cancer doesn't it seem like everyone's getting cancer just this week I found out two people that I'm acquainted with that they're they're like yeah one of them has stage 4 bladder cancer and the other has stage something breast cancer and I was like this week what is going on with the cancer I just feel like when did this People didn't die. Did people die of cancer in the 1800s? That's, I mean, I guess No, they, they probably did. died and got it out of the gene pool quicker. Now, what it's an interesting facet is diet is not helping that as well as the fact that uh, people that are, are now living longer and living through cancer are then passing it on. So what we're it's, a, it's sort of a disadvantage of curing these diseases is instead of people uh, – actually, it's, of course it's a good thing. Instead of people dying off and not – giving them to children to pass on they are living through them yay and then they're passing them on to their next of kin and then it's going to stay in the gene pool not right. so yay actually sort of not so good <laughs> and of course on top of that with the diet and the diet thing's interesting too because what we've done is taken advantage of the, what the body craves as everyone here I'm sure knows like sugar salts and fats what the body is very immediately seeking was found very naturally but in a very small degrees because it also came with all sorts of nutrients I want sugar I don't go get a candy bar I get Berries. I get right. uh, fruits and vegetables. I don't need. I'm craving fat. Well, I don't go after a thing with uh, a thing of butter. I go after uh, maybe maybe animal uh, maybe animals and meat or protein or or, or uh, avocados or things that have right. uh, fats in them naturally that come with so much more that gave you and I crave salt. Well, you don't just eat salt or you don't just drink you know something salty and sweet all at once and that's it. You had something that had salt in it, electrolytes in it, and with it came 90% of that item, fruits, vegetables, etc. Were good for you. But now that we've sort of isolated the things we're craving just the salt sugar and fats and like make now now we have a thing called a twinkie right. uh, you're getting all that you crave and none of what's supposed to come with it was supposed to naturally balance out in nature right and uh, and we teach our children that it's okay to eat this every day it's, every day it isn't like and no one has any interest especially those that are selling it in telling you not to eat it because they're just buying it so why would we want to stop that right and when they sell these single serving, it makes me crazy when I see kids with a bag of chips and I'm like, that's a two and a half serving bag of chips. I know. Especially if they're like a toddler. Right. I see three-year-olds with a big-ass thing. Yeah, my children, way. the most formative years. Right. Yeah. I saw a child drinking a fa- orange Fanta and I walked by the parent and I was like, it's not, that's not orange juice. No. <laughs> it's fa- that's, I, I, mean, can, the, I would even go further and say the juice is a bigger issue too. Juice has become sugar. a problem. Juice is, yeah, because it's just sugar, sugar, sugar. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of juice over soda, don't get me wrong, but it's still very much sugar, sugar, sugar. What would yeah. be best is just eat the orange. Eat the orange, because then you get the fiber with the orange. Yep. See, some of these parents need to get hit, hit upside the head though too. What I have they're, to say. they're being lazy. For, for the way you raised your kids. See, this is why we need abortion. <laughs> <laughs> because Preach. parents do and killing your kids slowly. That's yeah, what right. you're basically doing, which is a form of child abuse. It is. The fact of the matter is just like you're you're feeding your kid that you know something has to tell you that this is not good. I don't care if you don't have a, a high school education. You know that eat drinking all that Fanta is going to rot well, your fucking and teeth. We, we you can think look, so. We can look this up too. In 1980, I think there was like one incidence of childhood diabetes. Like one or zero. Like the, childhood diabetes didn't exist. Basically type 2 child diabetes didn't exist in 1980. And suddenly 
you got kids. Ten with years later, right? Nineteen ninety. <laughs> that it just all of a sudden it existed, and then it went up. Kids with titties, by the way, the name of my high school band. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have did you, your your computer so I fast? Wonder, yeah. I wonder who's in charge of the FDA. Who's going to be taking that job? Oh God. Yeah. Probably the Koch brothers. Ha-ha. Um. If it's like any trend that's been going on, I believe it's someone who's going to be very much against the FDA his whole life. Right. Exactly. Right. So like we're looking at some. You can see the ride the rates. It's just it's a yeah, steep. Yeah, great radio. We have some graphs steep, for you. Steep inclines in numbers from you know nine, 1980. What does it say? There were. It's like it's a num- uh, 400,000 cases in 1980, all the way up to now 2010, which is. Uh, but this is ages. A- this, is oh, this is ages 18 to 79. So this is that's adults. That's true. That's true. So this starts with adults. But now that's and that's the thing is that they wouldn't even. I don't even think they had figures. Here's the, we got the little kids. Let's one. Try to distill it down to just the children. Yeah. Here. So, you've got, you know, in the early 80s, like, no, no kids have it, and then now there's this huge. Huge uh, group, and that's the other problem: is our kids are getting huge, and we wonder, like, what's what's going on? And we just haven't—I don't know—we just haven't educated them. That Jamie Oliver guy, he came to the United States and did a little show where he he asked kids, he showed them pictures, and was like, "What vegetable is this?" They had no idea. San Francisco, I think, is a little different because we're a little more bougie and entitled, and we like to be all organic. And I'm rolling my eyes because, but it's good, right? Some of it gets a little bit too much. I know some, why you're rolling your eyes. Like, yeah. yeah, but <laughs> the kids now know. I mean, they eat salads. Wow, uh, regular high school kids. But I, I think that San Francisco go is a different little microcosmic right. area. And I also economically, I that's another thing. I also think that you have to put that economics. We're just, we're, we're, we still have those people, like the lady that gives her kid Fanta on the bus. Right. We still have that, you know. But I think also the fact of the matter is like our surroundings of people that do eat vegetables. We are in the garden garden bowl right basically yeah california's california yeah so if you like salads come to california (laughs) tossed we got all sorts of different leafy greens out here yeah and now the kale chips i love kale chips i love i make them all the time and make them for kids kids eat them so easy that's just it the potato chips and the kale chips for a kid it doesn't matter they're all salty and good and the the the, the thing is with training if if the parents know well enough to start the kids off with a certain precedent and have an education behind it to know what to give the kids or not kids aren't going to know any difference they know when Mm. something tastes good or not and and they also will just follow what the parent is directing so yes if you start introducing if you just start off the the child's life with kale chips as opposed to potato child's not going to know any difference he's probably going to create kale chips right exactly right I, I also I do feel though like with uh, President Cheeto. I mean, he's not the best example. Speaking of snack food. Exactly, because he looks like a snack food, right? I really... The Obama administration... Michelle Obama would oh, she went was out, great. Yeah, went Michelle. out with a program for uh, children to stop uh, childhood obesity. Yes. I'm just curious because looking at his you know, his administration, most of those people don't look that healthy. Right, right. Um, obviously don't they don't live a healthy lifestyle because look how they are. Um, it's a safe assessment. Yeah, and it's just like seeing that administration compared to the Obama administration where I'm not gonna say the Obama administration was healthy, blah blah blah. Blah, but just as observation, I, I feel like uh, President Cheeto has high cholesterol. <laughs> Probably. I he's not the best representation. Like 
I, he's actually one of the most bigger presidents. Yeah, he's a he's a larger man. Yeah, yeah. compared to I'm thinking about George W. Clinton, uh, W. C- or Bush Senior, Reagan, uh, Carter. None of those guys were fat. Oh. Yeah, we got to go all the way back to Taft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. You're right. Well, and wow. Taft and Taft's administration wasn't even. It was mostly his wife that dealt with everything. I I was reading the secret history, secret lives of first ladies, and I'm just so upset that it came out two years ago, so that only Michelle's in it and not Melania, because I just it seems so funny. I just I want to see what like the sketch drawing of her as a first lady. But I think she's the biggest joke of all. Her her campaign's going to be anti-bullying. That's going to be what she talks about. I don't, you know what? I don't even think they're going to give that to her now. They just want that bitch to be gone. She, you know, she's just in the, she, she, she didn't want to be there either. She was like, I don't want to be in the, I don't want to, I want to stay in my house. I don't want to go to the, yeah, to the, the White House. Yeah, the conventional wisdom is that Ivanka is going to be the sort of the number one lady in the White House. His real love of his life. <laughs> it, well, that's his daughter. Yeah. 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 One and the same. That's so, that's so weird. Uh, that's, uh, that's what, uh, so we, we on the AltaCast, we have a new, uh, a new news partner. Uh, which is Gnarl. They are a pro-choice group, so they sent me some stuff this week. Uh, And this is uh, a lifetime of Donald Trump, how to fight back against his Supreme Court pick. That happened yesterday that uh, Gorsuch... Was, was he one of the the ones who were on the short list, allegedly? He was, yeah, he was on a short list, and he's been... He's he's 49 years old. He's the youngest to ever be nominated for the Supreme oh, Court wow, Justice. Oh, wow, that's a security... Uh... And he also really wants to gut Planned Parenthood. Yeah, he's totally against um, Roe v. Wade. Ginsburg, please don't die. I know, right? God, yes. Please, <laughs> hold on. She's our only hope. Uh, on Medium, Gnarl pro-choice president Ilse Hoag lays out how Neil, Neil Gorsuch fits with Donald Trump's repeated promises to appoint Supreme Court justices who will overturn Roe v. Wade. She writes that Americans face an important question in light of yesterday's nomination. Will we be able to start digging out from the massive destruction that Donald Trump leaves in his wake in four years? Or will his agenda be enshrined for a lifetime through the highest court in our land? Gorsuch's view... Uh, is consistent with President Trump's governing philosophy, which perpetually looks backward to a time when America was great. Even if this vision of greatness means applying the social contract to the narrowest sets of stakeholders possible, traditionally men, traditionally white, and traditionally wealthy. What this philosophy does not do is incorporate the basic values of the framers, freedom, equality, and the right to self-determination, which, if they couldn't fully imagine the scope of the constituent that their founding document would aspire to protect. Uh, A Lifetime of Donald Trump, How to Fight Back Against His Supreme Court Pick. This was written yesterday. President Donald Trump has laid his cards squarely on the table. He's already started to make good on his odious campaign promises, from banning Muslims from entering our country to building a wall on our southern border, to denying women across the world life-saving information regarding their reproductive health care. And that's all just in the first week. Tonight, he announced his nominee for the Supreme Court. With this announcement, we face a question as Americans. Will we be able to start digging out from the massive destruction that Trump leaves in his wake in four years, or will his agenda be enshrined for a lifetime in the highest court in our land? Our grandchildren will judge us on what we uh, do to determine the answer to this question. 
Nothing less than our democracy is at stake, and it, with it the fate of those who need the promise of the American dream of justice and equality now more than ever. Neil Gorsuch offers none of that promise. In fact, shortly after Justice Scalia's death, he offered the following interpretation of judicial purview. Judges should instead strive if human, humanly and so imperfectly to apply the law as it is, focusing backward, not forward, and looking to text, structure, and history to decide what reasonable reader at the time of the events in question would have understood the law to be. Ooh. Gorsuch's view is consistent with President Trump's governing philosophy, which perpetually looks backward to a time when America was great, even if this vision of greatness means applying the social contract to the narrowest set of stakeholders possible, traditionally men, traditionally white, and traditionally wealthy. What this philosophy does not do is incorporate the basic values of the framers, freedom, equality, and the right to self-determination, even if they couldn't fully imagine the scope of the constituency that their founding document would aspire to protect. Gorsuch's narrow approach to the law is most evident in his track record on abortion access and reproductive rights. Donald Trump has repeatedly promised to appoint justices who will overturn Roe v. Wade, and we must assume that Neil Gorsuch was chosen for his commitment to unraveling our most basic constitutional rights. His judicial decisions read like a laundry list of every excuse to deny women of their constitutional right to sovereign decision-making and self-determination that is fundamental to the American promise. Well, I mean, I guess if the Founding Fathers, it was about men, so they probably weren't even thinking about Roe v. Wade back then oh, and no. women's right All men are created equal. Right. They didn't say, well, men. They didn't see, yeah. We they didn't, didn't get created equal until 1920. Uh, we still ain't equal. Uh, I'm a, whoa, man. Yeah. I'm a person. <laughs> and here's the thing. It, it's This is why I'm glad, you know, I went to the Women's March. Oh, very good. You were here in San Francisco or did yeah, you go to D.C.? Yeah, here, here in SF. Um, and... I'm glad that that was going on all over the world, but we also really need to get our shit together and write to our senators and, and tell them this is a choice that we have. You're dictating our bodies. If you as a Republican want small government, this is not what small government is. Right. This is that, reaching this, into all of our lives. Exactly. What, what you as a Republican, or those people Republicans, um, you 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 use the thing about freedom, but you're taking our personal choice away. Our personal freedom. Our personal I freedom. I have a joke about it, but I can't have a kid. I mean, I can have a kid, but I shouldn't have a kid, and it would be irresponsible for me to have a kid, both fiscally and emotionally, for everyone involved. Oh, yeah. For me, for the kid, for my boyfriend, for our living situation, for San Francisco as a whole, for the happiness <laughs> of all involved. <laughs> I should not have children. For the happiness of my favorite bars and my bartenders. <laughs> getting in trouble I, I mean I should not have children I should be able to have the right that if something happens to me I mean thank god I have an IUD but if I didn't and I didn't even know about IUDs back in the day but it, I mean I how could it's this is the thing how did they even elect him when he said he was going to ro roll back Roe v. Wade how is this even possible how how that's the thing that's making me crazy how is it even possible that they can roll back human rights and say I mean He's a dude. How does he get to dude, say anything roll, about my body? That means roll back the 13th Amendment, too. But, yeah, well, exactly. One. If we're going to look back, are we going to bring slavery back? Yeah, right. Yeah, you laugh, but Jesus, it's, it's moving so fast and so forward. In the, or well, I should say backwards in this, so in this regard. It's a 
legitimate thought and conversation piece to have. Can How we far have back Muslim slaves? Will be we go? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Can we have some slaves, please? This nationalist trend and this fascist sort of movement that's sort of brewing in the last few years, especially ignited by Trump's inauguration and uh, entering in the White House, is definitely cause for concern, in my humble oh. opinion. Beyond concern. So scary. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I say this all the time now. Like, I talk about, I used to talk about living through the W era. Right. I will never talk shit about that era again. <laughs> Absolutely. So my 2004 self that was protesting the Iraq war and Afghanistan, I still like that person, but that person from that time, myself, needs to shut the fuck up. So much, <laughs> so much to look forward to. Exactly. Compared to what I'm dealing with right now. This is insane. Really makes you wistful for the days of George W. Oh, I... And I never thought. Who right. thought? <laughs> Who thought? thought? That, that lovable scamp. Oh, yeah. man. Dick Cheney? Cara Rove? Oh, my God. The best thing that happened to his legacy was Trump in office. Oh, my God. That's absolutely true. <laughs> uh, they made it. The Here's that Gorsuch's narrow approach to the law is most evident in his track record on abortion access and reproductive rights. Uh, I already read that one. Neil Gorsuch's nomination, th- it threatens not only to rob women of our most fundamental rights, but also to rip families apart because of where they were born, to just restrict our personal freedom to marry who we want, regardless of gender, and to criminalize people based on the religion they practice. Our lawmakers have a duty to make sure our next Supreme Court justice will preserve the role of the court as independent check on the runway excesses of our new administration. They have the duty to make sure our next Supreme Court justice will hold dear the importance of protecting the rights of all Americans. They must not confirm someone who will work to rewrite the Constitution to satisfy Donald Trump's agenda. Our Constitution gives us the right to make decisions about our own bodies and lives. It does not give politicians the right to substitute their own ideologies and beliefs for sound medical advice. Our constitution gives us the right to practice our religious faith freely. It does not give a racist regime the right to turn people away because they are Muslim. Our constitution gives us the right to a free and vigilant press. It does not give a wannabe dictator the rights to intimidate the media when they don't give him flattering coverage. The next Supreme Court justice should uphold these truths. We, the people, have to hold our administrative, uh, our representatives' feet to the fire when it comes to defending our rights and the Constitution that supports them. We have to support lawmakers who take action to prevent Trump from using his Supreme Court seat to consolidate his agenda. We have to tell our senators that we refuse to support a Supreme Court justice who is willing to compromise our personal freedoms, whether it's our right to access abortion or to marry the person we love. And we have the... I mean, marriage, whatever, but I mean, just because it's such a stupid contract anyways, and it's financial, but that's my own thing. I mean, and we have, but everyone, if if you guys want to do it, if you want to make that mistake, go ahead. Everyone has the right to make that mistake, to to combine their, their, to combine their finances with another person. You don't have, you don't have to enter that contract just to let you know there's enough. Anyways, this is not, this is my personal opinion, not this article. And we have to make sure that our leaders know their legacy is at stake when they make decisions about how far to let Trump push the envelope. If we deliver a unified message, we cannot be ignored. We must live out our values through daily acts of resistance. Pick up the phone and speak our minds. Call your senator and let them know that the majority of Americans did not vote for President Trump, and certainly not to use the Supreme Court to rewrite the Constitution. Here's all you need to say to get your message across. Senator, 
please know that I support you in this most fundamental role of demanding a Supreme Court nominee who is truly committed to upholding the rights of all Americans and who will serve as a check and balances on this and all administrations. Please do everything in your power to protect the people and assure that bigotry is not enshrined in our land for a lifetime. The next four years will not be easy. President Trump already has the power to institute policies that will change our lives for the worse, but we cannot afford to elevate his dangerous ideology with a lifetime appointment to our nation's highest court. Amen. Wow. You know, the fact of the matter is, I do appreciate that people all over the world are paying attention, especially what happened this past weekend with the whole ban. Oh, right. You know, it's so funny. It was just like, I was reading um, in Huffington Post today, they were talking to Trump supporters in a small town in West Virginia, and they were talking about, well, I don't understand why so many people are against this. You know, there's some of them are terrorists. This whole thing about, you know, protecting us from these countries, in which, by the way, all those countries that were selected, did not have one terrorist act here. And we have not had a wow. terrorist act by any of those countries since 1975. Wow. Oh, by the way, um, the guys that flew the plane on 9-11, they're from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And that country's good to go. Yeah, exactly. You know why? A lot of oil, a uh, lot of money. A lot of money. Um, and a Trump Tower or two in there too, right? Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's uh, not- people suspicious at all oh no the thing is people aren't getting some of these people aren't getting the big picture of how we're being conned into this this is a scary thing it's the next four years but the supreme court if he's 49 years old he's going to be on that till he's like 90 forever 50 years the guy's going to be on there for 50 years unless someone gives him the scalia yeah right (laughs) a pillow to the face yeah i said it (laughs) <laughs> it's it's really scary. Now, here's the thing I don't understand. Why didn't Barack Obama get to do that in oh, December? because the Republic... It doesn't make sense to me, though, because... Because so Democrats the, played by the rules. Republicans it's just, just he's been in... finger to them. He's been in office for a week and a half, and he already has his appointment for the Supreme Court justice, where Obama was in for eight years, and he didn't get to do it. I'm so confused. Well, I, I think also, I mean... Uh, yeah, he should have been allowed to. He should have been allowed there. to in December. He should have. This uh, seat Merrick should have been Garland. filled. Merrick Garland. Yes. Merrick Garland was the gentleman who, um, you know, he he's very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, for both sides. Down the middle. Yeah, down the middle. That's fine with me. Um, Could I was be a for judge. The appropriate term, but I'm kind of stoned right now. <laughs> uh, but Wait yeah, a I mean, the thing is, you want someone that is down the middle, that is not party affiliated. Right. You know, that is for the people's best interests, not your personal interests. But we are talking about Cheeto right. here. Here's some things that happened after he um, he announced it last night. Oh there were some oh tweets. Uh, anti-choice extremist group Operation Rescue applauds Trump's nomination of Gorsuch to the U.S. Supreme Court. In a statement, Operation Rescue said, We want to express our thanks to President Trump for nominating a man of such stellar quality as Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, said Operation Rescue President Troy Newman. 
One of the reasons I endorsed Trump for president was because of the strong promises he made to pro-life leaders. Now, after less than two weeks in office, he is keeping those promises, and we are very encouraged. He has proved himself to be a man of his word, and we're looking forward to speedy hearings on Judge Gorsuch's nomination and urge the Senate to expedite his confirmation to the U.S. Supreme Court. Why is there a man in charge of that? Well, no, it's it's they're anti-abortion. They're I know, anti-choice. But you, would, you would think at least a woman that was anti-abortion that could understand. Why is this white dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, why why is he the one that? Well, here here's what he says. Operation Rescue's President Troy Newman has argued the biblical duty of a government rightly involves executing convicted murderers, including abortionists. That is that his goal is entirely to abolish abortion and has blamed abortion for everything from the 9-11 terrorist attacks to AIDS. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Sounds reasonable. Dude. He's blamed abortion for 9-11 AIDS? and AIDS. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Operation Rescue, President of the United States of America. Thank you for Neil Gorsuch. You were a man of your word. That's what they tweeted yesterday. Anti-abortion activist Abby Johnson. Great Supreme Court justice picks. The SCOTUS is what she wrote. Johnson is the founder of And Then There Were None, an anti-choice group that attempts to convince abortion clinic workers to leave their jobs. She has called anti-choice extremist Troy Newman her friend and has argued against hormonal birth control. Wow. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins tweeted, Judge Gorsuch's record, especially on religious liberty, gives Americans every reason to believe he will make a fine Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, very fine. Justice pick, SCOTUS pick. Students for uh, students for life, students for life. President Kirsten Hawkins, we are thrilled with Judge Neil Gorsuch's nomination. Called for the Senate to take swift action to confirm. In a statement, she wrote, "We are thrilled with Judge Neil Gorsuch's nomination to this U.S. Supreme Court by President Trump, who is continuing to fulfill campaign pro- promises at a breakneck speed." A strict constitutionalist and firm supporter of religious freedom and liberties dictated by the Founding Fathers, Judge Gorsuch is an excellent replacement for the late Justice Scalia and one who has the potential to leave a powerful legacy. The Supreme Court was of great concern to voters this past November, and the Senate should take swift action to confirm Gorsuch to the high court to ensure a full slate of justices. The Senate unanimously uh, confirmed Judge Gorsuch to be the... uh, uh, that's not true because they haven't unanimously. Anyways, um, she's the president of Students for Life. So these are all just pro-life people saying how happy they are, which is awful. I don't understand women who are so. Uh, you first of all, if you're a pro-lifer, the thing about being a pro-lifer is you never have to have one. You have right. that choice, and that's the problem with I have with a lot of women that are like anti-abortion. You don't have to get one. You have that choice. Right. That's, exactly. That's what we're trying to tell you. You never have to go through this. It's like. It's like a, a black person voting for the 13th Amendment. I would love to go back to slavery because that's kind of what it sounds like. You know, the right. fact that matters is just like, I would like to roll back the hands of time and have it a, a choice of not having an abortion in a safe place. But who does that? That's the thing. Who does it help? If, if we take abortion away, who does it help? 
Who does it help? The fetuses? <laughs> yeah, I'll step in here and say that I, I'm, with, I'm on everyone's side here who's talking, but I will point out that there is an argument to be made that they say that life begins at the cellular reproduction level, and therefore you are murdering someone the same as you would be murdering a 40-year-old. But so from their point of view, it's not a women's rights thing. It's a saving a life no matter what thing, which is why it's so difficult to talk to. See, so let's ask them about the, how they feel about the death penalty. Yeah, see, I think, you, I think you're right, and I think a lot of them would turn around and say that is someone who has earned their death versus a fetus who has not had a choice in the matter. Except that we... Playing this other side so of it, if I can. Right. We as people are a collection of our experiences through our this magical brain. Even babies, like, you know, they're not like... They're like marsupials. They're not like people yet. They're like, wow, wow, wow. I can't take care of themselves. <laughs> if you took, Flippy. they're not. If you took a baby and you, you, you have to take care of a baby. You can't just, you know, put it in a drawer. It can't feed itself. It can't do anything. Babies can't do anything. <laughs> and so, if you're not prepared to be able to take care of that. Why? I see. I don't agree with the cells thing. Like I don't. I don't I agree don't, with that. I don't. I, the, the fact of the matter is, I think a lot of people again are misinformed of like when life begins as well. Because some people think that women are able to get abortions at nine months. Yeah. No. 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 You cannot get a. You cannot get an abortion at nine months. I mean, if your child had severe spinal bifida or something, and that, it was well, a medical abortion because they're gonna. Yeah. The baby's gonna die anyways. But yeah. but what I'm saying is, you just say. Oh, by the way, I don't want to have this kid, and it's like the eighth or ninth month. Yeah, Legally, happen. you cannot do that. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and I baby. would, I'm not for that either. The child, by that point, the child's already developed. But it has a, it has a, it has a little brain, it has a little heart. Exactly. A- that is the difference between three, three weeks, eight weeks. I mean, I feel like on. if it can't live on its own and breathe through its own lungs, that it's not really alive. It's yeah. By the eighth month, no, of course you're not going to have an abortion by the eighth. That's and I've heard people say this, but it's so crazy. But if they're so moral, how come it's it, a baby? A baby's an abortion, but we eat other animals' babies like all the time. Oh, well, that one's easy. Because God smiled upon man and gave him the right to be the superior <laughs> being of all of planet Earth, and we have a soul. They don't. It's the hubris of man. They're yeah. just silly little playthings. That's a, that's so crazy to me though, because I feel like my cat has such a soul. I, I really feel like Spike is no, a I'm sentient sorry. being. <laughs> He's what are the, the cat? My dog. We has tried to fit one in there, but it's just too big. It's only human size. It's only sorry. human size. <laughs> I had this other crazy theory that um. Uh, the reason that autism has become so prevalent, uh, this is from like a, a, a religious background thing. So I feel like the the, way, the reason autism has, be, autism has become so prevalent is that um, we've been destroying as the so energy cannot be created or destroyed. So there's a certain amount of life energy that exists in the world that that God has been putting into different bodies. And I feel like as we've been murdering, you know, like large whales in the sea, their souls have to go somewhere. So I think that's where sort of autism has come from. They're they're actually the extinct form of whales. Or like there were strange, there's like some strange bonobo monkeys or whatever that were exterminated in in India or whatever. And I feel like maybe those are all the new. They're spiritually coming back into our pool. They're spiritually coming back into our pool and that's I, why we have such a research that's, that's why there's so many I feel like uh, I feel like that one's still a better uh, alternative than Jim Carrey pushing the vaccination uh, reason I feel like I'm still uh-huh. more on board with yours than his oh he that's, says that vaccinations are the reason for autism yeah he and Jenny McCarthy Jenny and a lot McCar- of yeah. people believe that the vaccination things even though the reports on those years ago were shown to be disproven and biased by money they're they're scientists well but we but here's the thing I mean honestly 
Yeah. Bringing, bringing back another plague like polio to kill a bunch of people isn't a terrible idea. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's we're really, not All that right, the world is being, so far. Keep going. not that the world is necessarily being overpopulated, but kind of it is. It's, I think we're being overpopulated with more, you know, American entitlement issues. And what's really going to stop, like, we've solved AIDS. Dang it. Although, you know, it's like we, we, we need another epidemic. We need the plague. Don't say that. We oh. need two million Don't people to die. That. Like a clean house, right? Just, we uh, need just to tidy up a bit. It's like uh, Marie Kondo's The Magic of Tidying Up, except it's for people. Except just, it's uh, for people. Oh, yeah. I don't want another epidemic. Some crazy, like some... Like some crazy, like it's gonna wipe out a lot. The rats are gonna bring a new plague. Sorry, I, oh bet you wanna, I bet you're a clutter klutz, aren't you? No, is that is your closet kind of disorganized? That's scary, yo. That is like not wanting an epidemic. You must be disorganized. I do not want a fucking epidemic warfare, germ house. warfare. That is well, fucking oh scary as fuck. Of well, course, like of course. Well, you know, you should talk to is China and India. They're the ones <laughs> yeah. cranking out kids left and left and right and right. Right. <laughs> Well, and they're starting to have entitlement issues as well in that they want cars, they want their own burgeoning middle class, but there's so many of them. We're like, you can't be middle class like us, you can't, and they want all of our weird products that they're making, and we're, we just, need, I, I really think the answer is, is Americans feeling entitled to less, and, and the problem is that the children that we've been making feel entitled to more. more and we're not teaching them you know it's like they don't know how to make a pie what's a pie but they know how to eat individual like mcdonald's pies it, it just <laughs> we're not we're not giving them the skills how many kids do you know that can actually cook an egg the way they like it you know, know like how many adults do you know that know how to cook an egg the way they like it <laughs> i know we hear or, the laughter because it's real the egg that they want they don't know what it is they're like, what's a poached egg? Yeah. Or like, when I, I work sometimes brunch, so it's so funny to me when people say, oh, I want my egg fried. So I'm like, okay. So I go through, do you want it over easy, over hard, over medium, scrambled hard, scrambled? Because that means fried is very vague. Right. So I want a fried obviously egg. you don't cook. That's, right, right, right. So I'm right. like, you don't, bitch, you don't cook, do you? Yeah. That's one of those moments where I'm just like, you should know, this is basic eggs. This is, yeah. And I don't even like eggs. Shit. I feel like every every child should know a couple things. Uh, they should know how to cook an egg. Uh, they should know how to boil water uh, to make a hard-boiled egg or to make something. They should know like how to safely deal with heat and protein. I'm so sad. I guess they can look it up on their iPhone. Uh, yeah, is there a YouTube video that talks about it, these eggs you, these you're eggs, talking about? Yeah, these crazy eggs. <laughs> Uh, so there's there's our news. Our news actually took a long time today. We talked for a long time. So uh, that's great. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. It is Wednesday the 1st of 2017, and I have the fear. I am so afraid. Um, all right. Uh, we're going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna to look up a little music so that we can take a little break because that sounds like a fun time. Uh, maybe we'll smoke a little and uh, figure out what's going on with the world out there. Let's see some music. You know what we'll listen to? Uh, my favorite band, local metal band, they played the last, not yeah, last Tuesday they played at um, the Knockout, and we had a great. Oh, you got to see them live. I got to see them live. Oh, this They're is great. great. Uh, I put in, oh, it said, it said floating band. I said floating goat, you 
you dorks. Floating Goat, they're a great band. Uh, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett is uh, one of them. Oh, I, I like this. Spawn of Poseidon. Let's see. Let's listen to some Spawn of Poseidon. This just came out. And, uh, I, it, you know, it's exciting is it already has, it has um, an ad on it. That's exciting. Yeah, that, like you can that see means some, that uh, they're 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 a big deal. They've got a Starbucks ad on the on the front of their. Uh, they are somebody. Uh, so here is some of my favorite band. This is. Where'd it go?
Um, All right, we're back on the AltaCast. That was Floating Goat. They're my buddies. Their new album just came out. It's a double LP. It was just pressed. Super, super great. Um, love those guys. So we were just in here. We were eating some Pringles. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for radio to be munching Perfect on for the phone. radio to be mu- Yeah, delicious Pringles. Give, we'll give them a shout out because they're so freaking delicious. Do you buy Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. You can't stop. No, can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, but Kaysen flies a lot for work. And I asked him, oh, well, you know, with your flyer miles, where do you go? What do you... You know, how much vacation time do you get? And then he said... I have... Um, the startup I worked for before uh, had an unlimited vacation policy, which means that you get to decide how often and when often your vacation uh, falls into place. That is insane. What? Do they, it's paid vacation, though? Paid vacation. They... If you're hourly, it's not, but like I was on salary, so I just had the option to just let my boss know I'm going to be out of town for next week, or I'm going to be out of town this and then, whatever, and it was uh, paid vacation time. Unlimited. In other words, just get your shit done. Right. Keep this deadline, and then go play. You'll be re- in, uh, you know, you'll have your mojo back to come back work and what have you. Yeah, the first idea you have is, well, aren't you just going to take the whole year off? And it turns <laughs> out, no. What employees will do is now, given the benefit of being able to be treated like an adult and that let you decide what you think is right for you, um, what they found is not only do people just know when uh, to give themselves vacation and also know when to be in, be in town for meetings and be present for stuff going on in the business, that you know you can be an adult, you can figure out when it's good to be out and when it's good to probably be in the office. Um, they actually end up taking a little bit less vacation than the average bear, if you believe that. Wow. Because yeah, American culture and mindset kind of feeds into this, uh, wherein we all want to work way more than we should. So it ends up being wow. a good thing for the company and also gives it the freedom for the employee. And so it's a win-win from both sides. Wow. That's called, that's how the real world should be. Isn't it, right? Yeah. So, and I say the previous company I worked for because uh, right now what I do is I work for a sort of uh, as a consultant from home. And so it's another tech company I, I employ from. But since I work out of my own home, I have the flexibility uh, to get work done as I want to. So it's almost the same situation. Wow. I mean, tech is funny, man. I I do whatever I want whenever I want to do it with my life. Hell yeah. Pretty much. But that's because I'm an artist and I'm poor. <laughs> it's like it's on the other I like I'm beholden to no one because I have because I have no money. Yeah. See, um, this is why I don't work in corporate because I went back to the service industry because I like my freedom ah, and I yeah. don't like it when people can tell me when I can leave and when I can't leave. Right. Yeah. So I went back to serving bartending because I'm like, no, because it gives me time to do what I want to do along with vacation. Yeah, you can focus on yourself. Yeah, right. you your goals. But I don't get them paid off, so that's the part that's the downfall. <laughs> right. There's but, a middle ground we need to find on that one, isn't right. it? Right. Money and freedom. Exactly. And I, you're, dude, if you are an adult, you should know. If you want to keep this job too, yeah, you would expect someone to be like, oh my 